It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Independent Talk. Proper Talk. News Talk. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. With the self-appointed revolutionary of reason, Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio as we forge ahead into a brave new tomorrow thanks to the incredibly brave leadership of our politicians, the selfless sacrifices of our industry titans and the immensely wise stewardship uh, of the people that run the health service in this country. A very good morning. Oh, hang on. Uh, that's the wrong script. Uh, sorry. Let's have a look at the headlines instead. The government apparently blew £8.7 billion on personal protective equipment and the Treasury has now written off the lot. They say it wasn't their fault. Uh, they were all in a panic because of the pandemic. Fine. That's great, isn't it? Boris Johnson is today going to unveil a plan to make people happier and help them live longer. Does that mean he's going to resign? I mean, I don't know. What's the plan? Apparently it's part of the levelling up agenda. Electric cars, apparently, are now being proven not to be as green as we thought they were. And this is coming from an environment minister inside the government. Ukraine and Russia are still not at war, so that's good news. And the Metropolitan Police are in trouble again. Cresta Dick once more in the firing line. And it's nothing to do with um, a word that we're going to try not to say today. Uh, It's time for another scandal. This time uh, it's a police station in London where officers, individuals, had... All sorts of WhatsApp groups where they joked about hitting their wives and raping women. I mean, it's quite extraordinary what's going on inside the Metropolitan Police still to this day. Plus, it's Prime Minister's questions as well. Uh, so this morning we're kicking off with John Rental from The Independent. Uh, is anybody out there actually doing anything worthwhile? And that's not a message to John Rental, by the way, because he's doing something very worthwhile. He's sitting here waiting to talk to me. 0344 499 1000. Tonya Buxton's going to be along as well. She's got plenty to say about the Saji Javid U-turn on NHS vaccine mandates. And also, what has gone wrong with the leaders of the free world? Australia, Canada, New Zealand. I mean, it's all going very strange, isn't it? And also find out why the boss of British Gas is still working from home as complaints soar along with the price of their supply. And we'll have a visit from Lewis McLeod, who'll bring us his own version of a virtual Ian Blackford. Maybe complain with the dog uh, after he was chucked out of the House of Commons early this week. I assume he's back today, but John will tell us that. Peter Cardwell for PMQs too. And as ever, we need to hear from you. 0344 499 1000 is the number. You're listening to the fastest growing radio station on the planet. It is, of course, Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So John Rental is here, Chief Political uh, Correspondent for the uh, Commentator, I should say, for The Independent. Welcome. Good morning. So here we are again. Um, another great week for news. So much to do, so much to talk about. I'm going to try and get and through... And we're not going to use any words ending in gate. No, absolutely right. Do you know, like, this morning I came up with the perfect gate um, metaphor, <laughs> and it should have been, of course, garden gate. <laughs> yeah. And I went, I can't believe I haven't thought that How before. How did they miss that? How did I not think of it? Anyway, we're not going to say the other form of the gate we're going to try and get through the whole show without even mentioning it not because we don't care and not because people are sick of it it's just that there's nothing really happening is there no. and Cresta Dick's got bigger fish to fry by the looks of it this morning with this story about the Charing Cross Police Station which is horrendous but let's kick off with um, uh, the, star- the story that's leading the Daily Mail this morning what a £13 billion waste they're adding up the £4.3 billion lost to Covid fraud yeah. to now another £8.7 billion on PPE failings I find it extraordinary and- yeah, and there's probably more. I mean, the sums of money are absolutely Eye astonishing. Eye-watering. Um, uh, you know, we knew that at the time. Uh, it was a national emergency, and public opinion was was insistent that the government had to do more. Mm. Uh, and 
you know, if you'd said at the time, well, you know, this is this is going to lead to an awful lot of wasted money, mm. people would have said, we don't care. Right. Just, just get us the PPE. I understand that part, and I get that sometimes you have to make ridiculous sort of um, spending uh, work for you just because you need it. But unfortunately, a lot of the stuff they bought didn't work or yeah. was wrong. Yeah. Um, do you remember I was saying to, to Julie Harley, remember Dyson made a load of ventilators, and in the well, end it was real that we didn't actually need them. Well, that 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 is absolutely true. I mean, the, we were operating... Uh, half blind in a chaotic uh, new situation. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think you can't criticise uh, civil servants and, and, and ministers for uh, the number of mistakes that were made. But I mean, they do, they look horrendous in, in retrospect. And the real lesson is, you know, how do you, how do you have processes which can, can kick in quickly if there's another another emergency of that kind that uh, doesn't lead to this case. And even though, you know, I accept almost all of what you've said, but it still doesn't mean that we should then allow them to just write it all off because they know who who got the money. They also know which of those people who got the money were kind of a little bit on the dodgy side. I mean, even Del Boy would have, you know, shaken his head when he was offered to do a deal with them. (laughs) Um, And, you know, many people we know personally have, have, have benefited hugely, bought houses, bought cars, you know, bought boats. Many people you know. Well, many people we know oh, have been it. written about. It's been written about, and you know, all sorts right. of people have become very much more wealthy as a result of this. Some of them uh, were connected to the Tory party. Some yeah. of them were friends of Matt Hancock. We know all that. Yeah. You know, why are we not going after them? Why are well, we just it's... going? Let's just write off all this money because the mail is saying that this would have covered if they hadn't done all this. It would have practically covered the uh, national insurance rise, which is well, going yeah, on in that, April. Yeah, but that's confusing. Um, uh, that's a confusing revenue and capital, isn't it? I mean, that would it would cover the the, the tax rise for one year. Yes. Uh, uh, that's that's all. yes, but I mean the um, point is it's, it's we have reached a point I know in politics where billions are written off all the time, but it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. It no, no, to me. but and they're it, not they're not written off at, at, at this scale. I mean that that is this is most unusual mm. to to write off such vast yeah. such vast sums. I mean yeah, obviously the government every year writes off you know a, a small amount of of fraud or mm. uh, tax or the, yes. you know, tax evasion that it can't get back. Um, I mean, it is difficult to recover all this stuff. Oh, and, it is. And presumably the calculation is, I mean, I don't, I'm, uh, I, I don't know, but presumably the calculation is it would cost more to, 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 to get the money back say. But that's uh, what, you it know, just the old, to write it off. But this is the old civil service argument, isn't it? It's like the, the Sir Humphrey Yes Minister stuff. Well, you all know it's not worth doing that because it's far, far <laughs> Well, it's more. very easy from the outside to say you're not trying hard enough. Well, it is, well, <laughs> well I know they're not trying hard enough. It's most of them still not working in the office. I mean, you know, we know that for a start. So but the point is, is that you cannot just be so, I think, um, f- you know, just spendthrift-like with the public purse. You know, we are, but, we are supposed to be uh, now being more frugal. They're asking us to pay more tax in order to cover the yeah. amount of money they spent. And if at least half of the money that they spent uh, was spent fraudulently. I mean, for example, with the, the COVID fraud, I mean, some of those companies that were given money were literally set up the day before yeah. the claim was made. Now, that does seem, you can't, that does seem a little You can't a, a tell me extraordinary. that they shouldn't have checked on those people better, yeah. Yeah. right? No, and, that, so, and so therefore that was just, oh, sorry, that was a mistake. It was a COVID problem. You know, we yeah. just have to live with it. That would have seemed a very simple uh, thing to do to say we're not we're not actually handing any of this money out to companies that haven't uh, that, that haven't yeah. exist, existed for some time. Well, because for example, um, an awful lot of freelancers that we've spoken to over the course of time who never received any money at all, yeah, um, and some company directors who never received any money because the company wasn't formed. Um, you know, um, in enough time to get furlough money for employees. Yeah. But somehow you could form a company five minutes before you made a claim for the yeah. for the for the for the for the I COVID th- money. I, th- I think that's right. And but the question is, can can Labour make that charge stick? Uh, and I think they're doing quite a good job job of it. I mean, mm. Rachel Rachel Reeves, the Shadow Chancellor, is pursuing this line of uh, fraud and waste. Yes. Uh, under under this. Government. But in the end, it's probably more to do with the civil service than it is to do with anybody, isn't it? I mean, that's well, the problem. It's not party political. If Labour were in charge, it would have been just as bad. Well, that's what that's what I suspect. Yeah. Um, but maybe 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 I'm too cynical. But I mean, I just think Surely. either Labour were Labour were actually asking for more money to be mm. spent at the time. I right. Mean, they they you know every time the government did did anything, right. Labour said it's not enough. No, but because we know. That this from from old don't we any politician's answer to any problem is well throw some money at it and everyone will be happy <laughs> well and you know and in this case it was almost literally throwing money yes i mean it literally was not uh, not caring a, not caring a, where it ended up out the back of a lorry which i presume is also why the whole leveling up strategy um is going to be looked upon in the same way because that's more throwing money at something somewhere in the north of england you know oh that's a good idea let's go and give them some money because that will make everything better well really i mean i saw a story this morning which is an extraordinary story 10-year plan for longer lives in a happier britain so the leveling up thing has now been sort of tied to 
Boris Johnson, who's now got some kind of new elixir of life for everybody. And he's going <laughs> to hand out uh, presumably, you know, potions once a day or something. It says Boris Johnson will today unveil 12 missions to make people happier and to help them to live longer. Well, I'm not sure I want to live any longer, to be honest. I mean, I do not w- want to be walking around staggering about, uh, unable to drive, unable to, 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 to eat, unable to drink, unable to see, unable to hear anything. I mean, I've well, always said if I get to the point where I'm that old, I'd rather not be around. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you've got, to, you've got to balance living longer with quality of life, haven't you? You have. Um, but I think that's a reference to the fact that there has been a widening gap in, in life expectancy between the, between the South East and, and, and the rest of the country. But that's a poverty and gap think, more than anything else, well, isn't ex- it? Ex- exactly. I mean, and, you know, to have a, to, to have a Conservative government uh, dealing, with, uh, dealing with new Labour um, problems in mm. that way seems like a thoroughly good thing to me. Uh, I mean, I, t- I, t- I take your point about the danger of just assuming that, that you know it's the government's responsibility to, to to throw cash at the problem. Yeah. But you know, I think I think the the new Labour government actually showed how how an intelligent government can can deal with some of these deep seated social problems. And if if Boris, if Johnson, if Boris with... Johnson wants to copy yeah, Tony on. Blair, then that's that's fine. Yeah, but by if me. they if they solved these deep seated social problems, why have we still got them? Well, because they're deep seated. Oh, see. <laughs> because, so and, they didn't solve and, them then. And, well, no, because things things were looking pretty good by 2010. Um, see, and, I don't and remember. Then, and then along came David Cameron and George Osborne and made a mess of it. I, I don't remember walking around in 2010 thinking, "Isn't this great? It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? What new Labour have done for us all?" I don't remember any of that. <laughs> well, that's because you probably don't use the NHS that much. But I mean, patient satisfaction with the NHS. I've had four children. Was at, was three of them born. High. Three of them born in the NHS, actually. So well, that, I mean, that's my experience yeah, but, of the NHS. But the NHS was in a good was in a good state in 2010, and uh, since then it's been allowed to well, uh, allowed to slip backwards again. Well, I don't think the NHS has ever been in a particularly good state. <laughs> It's, it's very in a good. far better state it's, than it is now. Yeah, but there's a lot more people here now using it, and that's part of the problem. You know, the population has risen massively. If you go to certain parts of the country, you cannot get an NHS dentist. They're refusing to sign anybody else up. It's yeah. quite hard to find a doctor uh, if you're moving in. I mean, in parts of the southeast of England, and I'm familiar with, with, with these because I live quite near them, um, you know, they're putting houses up you know, yeah. willy-nilly, because everybody's going, oh, we need more houses. Yeah. But there's no new but school being built. There's no new hospital being built. There's no new doctor surgeries opening Well, that's up. because we don't have a Labour government, Mike. No, it's not because we don't have a Labour government. <laughs> Apparently, according to Boris that Johnson... That sort of thing. New um, schools according and to hospitals. Boris Johnson, the only thing you get with the new Labour government is a load of uh, Class A drug use. Tell me about that. What was he talking about? <laughs> well, that was that was very much the sort of Trumpian, uh, Linton Crosby, dead cat... Mm. Uh, strategy wasn't it? it was it was it was like mentioning jimmy savile yes um just just in order you know you you, you take take a national hate figure uh, and mention him in the same sentence as as, as keir starmer right and, and, and i mean and, to and be Boris fair Johnson thinks he was done. the director of public prosecutions yes. when the, the investigation into jimmy savile did not result in his prosecution so well, i mean that, it's that, not as if you just put the two names together and pulled them out of a hat well, yes, but it is completely unfair to to to, unfair. to link the two. No, surely not. <laughs> what, 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 a, in politics, it's a slur, isn't it? Um, I well, mean, yeah, obviously, what he using, said was he's... factually correct. Yes, uh, thank but... you. Can you tell Christian Gurumurthy that, please? Who seems obsessed with the fact that it was un- was incorrect? He well, kept saying it was wrong. Well, no, I think what was wrong about it was that it was just low politics. Well, it, it was, was low it was, politics. It was just mentioning a national hate yeah. figure in the same sentence as the leader. But we of the live opposition. in a time of low politics, do we yeah, not? Yeah, but I mean, that is that is beneath contempt. Really. Well, I mean, I, mean, I think, and, I, and, the, and the drugs thing was 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 just the same. He's obviously got. I mean, Boris Johnson's obviously got a a folder called, you know, sort of, you know, if if they, if they go high, what go we've low, got on other people, what we've got on the on yeah. the front bench. I mean, presumably it's a reference to the fact that you know some people in the front bench have in the past admitted to to smoking cannabis, um, and he, you know, if he he's obviously got it got it in his folder. Mm. Uh, so that if uh, well, if, he was if to be drugs fair. Comes, well, comes he was up, re- he, he was responding it. to a question. I don't can't remember yeah. who from. Well, no, I can't um, remember either. about whether there was any uh, investigation drug into drug use yeah. inside of Downing Street. So obviously, you know, his his brain twitched. Yeah. You know, dr- drug question attack the attack yeah. the Labour Party. What did you make of that day? Because I found it incredibly entertaining. I must say, watching it though, I was slightly and I said this yesterday, slightly kind of open mouthed with uh, with horror that it was actually happening. And that it was all going on in such a low rent kind of way. What the whole scene with Boris and Ian Blackford and Sir Keir Starmer, just the whole day of kind of nonsense. <laughs> parliamentary theatre. Well, it yeah. was, yeah, and it was absolutely top class parliamentary theatre. <laughs> but if I was watching that from another country, and a lot of other countries have been writing about what's going on in Britain, yeah, and that doesn't necessarily matter to us. But I think we're. Beca- they love it. They, they think they, 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 they I mean, think 
our House of Commons is, is, the is, Russians, is real democracy. The Russians have really been sticking it to, to Boris Johnson, <laughs> saying that he's basically led around by his wife, uh, which, of course, is a massive insult in Russia, uh, that you're not a proper man. And, you know, Vladimir Putin's going on about how, you know, he can't do anything until he asks his wife first. Well, there's quite a lot of that kind of uh, sexist uh, commentary in, uh, in Britain as well. Well, I'm sure I there think, is. I think, well, I think Carrie Johnson, though, we, uh, finally was written about by Camilla Long at the weekend in Sunday Times quite accurately, as I've been saying before, you can link her to every single one of Boris's problems. The wallpaper, you know, the parties, the uh, the, 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 the pen farthing business with Afghanistan, and, you know, the Green Agenda, COP26, all of it has one common denomination, and I'm afraid it's Carrie Johnson. Well, I'm not so sure about that. But Well, uh, which bits of that does she not have her finger in? Well, do, I, I thought we weren't going to mention the, the, the gate word. but Well, so. we haven't, have we? <laughs> well, you you were saying you we you haven't were... said the P gate word. We haven't said that, <laughs> but you can't avoid the issue. And I'm yeah. not mentioning it specifically as the problem. What I'm saying no, is, but is that all, think... of, all of his problems have emanated from somewhere I where don't she goes. I think the problems that Sue Gray uh, and the Metropolitan Police are investigating uh, 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 originate with uh, with Carrie Johnson. No, I'm talking more about his. Um, um, perception by the public and his falling in the ratings and the fact that a lot of people yeah. now don't trust him and all of the things that have caused him issues are all things that she has an interest in. Not all of them, but yeah. Apart so, from maybe Owen Patterson. Um, well, but then you can't you also go. forget that she was quite a high um, member of the uh, the Conservative Press organisation. I mean, she was it's, she was running it. Well, she, so, she, she's got political views. So, I mean, yeah. but, so, but so did, not so going to tell me that she doesn't advise him on what he should be doing. So, so did so did Cherie, but I mean, I'm not sure that uh, she yeah, but not had in the much, same way. Influence but Cherie Blair was not in charge of the Labour press machine, which which Carrie yeah. was for a while. But yes, uh, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's right. I mean, she's a political. I mean, there's no point pretending she doesn't person. she doesn't have any influence over him, is there? Uh, well, influence over him is a bit of a sexist way of putting it. No, possibly. I don't think so. Well, um, no, I Dominic Cummings had influence over him. How is that not sexist? Had influence with him, put it put it that way. With him. Um, so, well, suggesting that he's some kind of um, henpeck. I'm not saying uh, that. Hen- well, yeah, I'm well, saying over. That, I'm saying that he... She has, she has some in, some input, clearly. And, and you know, she's she's a political person and they discuss politics. Yes. Just, and, and Dominic and Cummings, Dominic Cummings is the same. Get, get and Dominic Cummings well. is unelected as well. That's and, right. and the Prime Minister has to choose his advisors. But in the end, it's the Prime Minister who's accountable for them. Mm. Absolutely right. Let's stop for a moment because uh, we'll uh, pay the bills for a second or two and then we'll be back. John Rental is here. Uh, lots more to discuss. Prime Minister's questions coming up, of course. I think Ian Blackford's back, is he? I presume. Uh, yeah, no, he's only suspended for, for, the, for the rest of the day. What a shame. Um, we'll have to hear from him later then. Uh, this is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Smooth, strong and very long. Tell your ears to chew on this. We think what you say. Thoughtfling your thinking. The home of common sense. Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We're going to talk about the Metropolitan Police coming up. We're going to talk about electric cars as well, which apparently are not as green as everybody thought they were. Uh, Prime Minister's questions coming up later. Peter Cardwell will be here. John Rental's here right now, though. Um, it's going to be sort of second time this week they get to go up against each other. So, yeah. I mean, there's clearly now not even any pretense about the fact that they don't really like each other, do they? No. I mean, the question is whether uh, anybody refers to that, uh, the Jimmy Savile mm. business, and uh, asks the Prime Minister to withdraw it. But, I mean, why? you know, he, he, that would just feed the... Feed the beast. Yes. It would just it would just put another dead cat on the table. Well, it would also just it would distract give you, further attention. And if you're Boris Johnson, it gives you the opportunity to actually elaborate on the accusation, yeah, well, which means that you can then actually spell out. Well, were you, you not can, the head of the CPS when yeah. Jimmy Savile was investigated? Yeah. So, so obviously Keir Starmer is not going to go no. near that one. He will uh, he will presumably ask all six questions about uh, about the unmentionable gate mm. word that yes. we're not mentioning on this. Program. Is that wise for him to do that? Because um, I mean, it's difficult to know where this goes in the short term. You know, we're now told that the police are investigating. We don't really know when Sue Gray will report, if at all. Um, no, but the question that Keir Starmer's likely to think is a clever question is to ask the Prime Minister if he knows wh- whether he was in his own flat or not. Yes, um, which you know might might sound quite good, but doesn't doesn't actually take things. Well, it any doesn't move forward. the story forward anyway, no. does it? And that's the problem. But I mean, I don't know what the public's view will be if this does drag on like victory for the rest of the year. I mean, surely if it gets to the summer yeah. and it hasn't been resolved, well, you know, the party will have to do something. I mean, Tobias Elwood apparently today is making noises that he might. 
not support the Prime Minister no, much he's, longer. He's written a letter. Has he actually yeah. written it and sent it in, though? <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? I mean, he, he might have, re- he no, might have he written it. he says he has. I mean, that's a bit like the thing they tell you to do when you're getting divorced, isn't it? And you write down all the things that you don't like about somebody, but you don't send it to them. <laughs> and you burn it. <laughs> well, that's like David, yeah, David Davis told, uh, told he's got uh, very Boris quiet. Johnson to go. And, right. he, and he's said he still hasn't written his letter. So. Well, Boris Johnson says he's not going. Um, and he's not even going if he gets fined. You know, no, and you mean you can make an argument as to why why should he? You know, if well, I think if the prime minister, if the prime minister breaks the law, I think that's uh, well, yeah, but they're arguing that. You see, we've got too many lawyers in this country. I've always said it. You know, you can find anyone uh, to actually get you off. And Mr. Loophole yesterday joined the fray, didn't he? Um, well, he said he could get them all off um, on the grounds <laughs> that they were, you know, under some kind of um, official secrets act or something. Yeah, well, if but yeah, but if the prime minister goes to court, I mean, if he contests, well, he fixed, won't. Will he? He'll just pay it. Well, but then he's admitting that he's broken the law. That's the problem. That's, well, that's, that's, that, well, you see, that that, is the... that's where it's open to interpretation because people will say, well, it's not the law. I mean, I spoke to a QC the other day who said it's not a criminal act to break a law which gives you a penalty notice. So if you have, have got a speeding ticket, for example, you haven't actually broken the law. I think... I that's think what lawyers will tell you. If you don't contest it, I think you are accepting that you broke the law. No, you're and accepting that you uh, were speeding in a car, which is not the same as breaking the law. That is against the law. It's not. Well, apparently not. I mean, well, and, I, you know, I, and it's these not coronavirus, me led, uh, the coronavirus no, regulations. It's are, not me saying. I said to 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 Mr. Chris Dor QC, who is one of your lot more than he's one of mine, right? And he said, <laughs> one of my lot. I said, would you advise Keir Starmer to stop using the word criminality? And he said, yes, because it's not a criminal act. It is literally, you know. Um, like getting a parking ticket. That's what it is. I'm not sure that's right. I mean, uh, when it, it doesn't matter what word you use. I mean, if if you say, you know, if Labour posters at the next election say lawbreakers can't be lawmakers, right. then, you know, I think that will that will resonate with, uh, with, with the, the voting public. The problem for the Labour Party, of course, is that they haven't got any policies that anybody knows anything about. And everything that they say that they want to do uh, is all terribly nebulous. And the one thing that I think they're going to be problem, well, they're going to have problems on is are things like the, the, the migrant crisis, because I asked Graham Stringer, What's Keir Starmer's policy on that? Yeah. And he didn't really know, and he couldn't really answer. It's to be nice to the French and, and, it's, yeah. and to ask them nicely to to, to stop. These the would be the same French who have yeah. just been blaming us, Macron, this morning for, um, for for the whole thing. Well, I think it's a fair point to suggest that uh, that, that Boris Johnson and, and Emmanuel Macron don't don't particularly get on. No, and that uh, Keir Starmer might uh, might get on rather better with the uh, with, with with the French government. I mean, I think that's a that's a reasonable. Yeah, but people reasonable in this argument. country who voted Whether to that's leave the European Union might not want him to get on no. better well, with indeed. the French government. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I, uh, you're absolutely right that you know the Labour Party does not have any any strong uh, strong offers. It'll be interesting to see what whether Keir Starmer goes on this um, on this fraud and waste yeah. um, business as well. I, mean, I that, think he'll struggle on that one because again, as you said, you know they'll just say, well, what would you, what would you have done? Yeah, well, he, yeah, but Keir Starmer said, well, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, but he can say and, that, but it yeah, means nothing. Yeah, well, actually, no, but I think as as we were discussing, you know, it does sound plausible that if you had said, you know, we're not going to give money to companies that have just been set up yes. yesterday, uh, and Keir Starmer can claim he would have. You know, he would he, he would have been more careful with with, with the public money. But we'll never know if he if he would have been any better because he's not there. No, and that's the depend- point. It's a bit yeah. like Lib Dems who used to say we're going to do this, that, and the other. You go, well, it doesn't matter. You're never going to be in power. And yeah, when they were in power, they didn't do any of the things they said the they would do. In the theatre of the House of Commons, <laughs> it depends on how convincing you are that, yes. uh, that the Prime Minister is an incompetent nitwit. Well, and, I don't think and you could I, handle things better. Yes, and I think that that they've been trying with that particular tack for quite a while now. And and as an incompetent nitwit, he's doing pretty well to hang in there, isn't he? Well. Yeah, except he's now the no, you know, level on uh, unpopularity with uh, Theresa May, Jeremy mm. Corbyn, and uh, and Gordon yeah. Brown. No, uh, listen, I haven't jo- changed John my Major view. I still think the whole business of government of running this country would be a lot better if you just step, stepped aside and just said, all right, let leave, leave it to let, somebody else. To let do. Rishi Sunak take. Yeah, well, let somebody Absolutely. else do it. I mean, that that is what I think should happen because until <laughs> and unless he does that, you know, we're going to be stuck in this kind of time warp forever. Well, exactly. I mean, I just, I just think he he cannot possibly fight the the, the next election. No, campaign. definitely can't. With, with the with the unmentionable uh, the unmentionable gate um, story yeah. hanging over him, because yeah. I think I think the Labour the the, the Labour adverts write themselves. Yes. You know, can, can can you look Granny in the eye and say you never bent the rules? I mean, all Labour have to do is 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 publish all those uh, NHS. Uh, camp, campaign yeah. um, uh, the unethical ones, as yeah. they've been called, yeah, yeah, um, and and say that uh, Boris Johnson didn't uh, didn't take them seriously. Exactly right. I'll finish up with another metaphor. Um, if they don't, if they leave the gate open, that's going to be a problem. They have to close the gate, right?
don't they? If they don't... If they, they have to close the gate <laughs> instead of leaving it open. Oh, God, I'm going to explain it to some bloke from The Independent. Thank you very much. John Rental. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. In search of the perfect debate. Listen online. Watch it live on your smart TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Up Radio. We are, of course, now available on television, on Apple TV, on Rakuten, on Samsung TV+, Roku, YouTube. Now we're on Amazon Fire as well. Simply go to the talkradio.tv page or download the app from the App Store. It's the Talk Radio TV app. Now, lots to talk about this morning. Uh, PMQ's coming up a little bit later on. Uh, we'll take your calls as well on the whole situation. We're trying not to mention um, the P word. Uh, we might not have to get away from talking about it as much as uh, you might think we should. Uh, but the point is, is that, you know, Tobias Elwood, uh, we are told, has now put a letter in. Uh, we're waiting to see with the 1922 committee whether the number of letters and the uh, magic number has been reached at some point. Uh, there are certainly many people now who think uh, it's simply a matter of time before Boris Johnson goes. Uh, you can still call me, of course, and give me your views on all of that. 0344 Right now, though, let's talk about Cressida Dick and the Metropolitan Police, because... Up until yesterday uh, in the afternoon, Cressida Dick was under quite a lot of pressure anyway because of the way that she's investigating what went on inside of Downing Street and exactly how many times uh, the rules may or may not have been broken and whether that's going to result in any kind of handed out notices. People originally at the Metropolitan Police were saying, if we do give anybody a fine, we won't tell you who they are. Um, Boris Johnson has simply said since then, well, of course, I will admit to it if I do have to pay a fine, but I still won't leave the job. It now turns out there's yet another scandal, this time around the... Uh, Charing Cross police station uh, in which it's been discovered that the people operating there, the police officers attached to that particular police station uh, were making all sorts of ghastly horrible derogatory remarks about women, about gay people about disabled people, about Muslims joking about raping women I mean it seems hardly believable that this has been going on uh, under the auspices of the Metropolitan Police. Nusrit Matab is here, former Scotland Yard superintendent. Uh, Nusrit, a very good um, morning to you. This is horrendous, isn't it? Absolutely. Good morning, Mike. Yes, it is, Mike. And one of the things that uh, I've noticed is that really people are saying, wow, you know, this has come out, how awful it is. But this isn't the first time it's come out. We've been here before. We were here last year and the year before when we had images of the two sisters, Biba uh, Henry and Nicole Smallman. We've had Sarah Everard. We've had the visual uh, policing of the visual of Sarah Everard. And we've had loads and loads of other things that have come out. Yet this one is particularly, uh, I think, horrific because mm. of some of the actual narrative that has been released with reference to raping women and dressing up as sex offenders and molesting children but it's not a surprise just very very disappointing yeah when you say it's not a surprise i mean you were in scotland yard yourself i mean can you tell me that on a sort of i don't know daily basis you would come across things like this uh, I have been in Scotland Yard and I've worked there. On a daily basis, I would say no, because it was more insidious. What's happened is there's this invisible canteen culture which has now been exposed. So it was always there, but it hadn't been eliminated. It just showed itself in different ways. Mm. We have now what's what I refer to as invisible canteen culture, which is a social media, which is your WhatsApps, yeah. where people are feeling uh, safe and comfortable to share such horrific and disgusting images and um, rhetoric. So basically, uh, it's always been there. It's just coming out in a different way. Yeah. And I think that is always the trouble, isn't it? But I mean, I was talking to somebody this morning about this and, and how, you know, I used to work in Fleet Street and, you know, Fleet Street used to be a very different place from, from what it is now. And, and there were things that, that went on there which certainly wouldn't go on now uh, because no big company would allow them to go on. And I'm not talking about anything really, really awful. I'm just talking about some things that people said to each other, the way that people kind of interacted with each other. Um, and the police back in those days, back in the sort of 90s, for example, I used to know a lot of the guys that worked at Snow Hill. Um, and, you know, you could take them out for a drink. You could go around the back of uh, Vagabond's bar uh, until two o'clock in the morning and hang out with detectives and they'd tell you stuff. You know, that doesn't happen anymore. And I kind of always was under the impression that it wouldn't happen anymore like that in the police either. But I guess that hasn't disappeared there. No. Um, 
this is the, the investigation that the uh, IOPC have done it spans between 2016 and 2018. So this isn't historical. As I've said, sexism, racism hasn't been eliminated. It's always been there. What we were faced with is this institutional denial. So there's two issues here for me, Mike, and there's the issue of leadership and supervision. The top leaders have got this culture of institutional denial where they've denied, they've deflected. Even now, although Baz Javid, Assistant Commissioner, has said he's angry and disappointed at what's gone on, he's also said, well, hold on, let's let's be clear, there's a very small number of officers in a large organisation. Crusader Dick, you know, has said sec- there may be sexism unwittingly. That's the kind of leadership narrative that we're getting, which doesn't help. No. We then have a culture which is clearly toxic, which is clearly this kind of behaviour narrative is embedded in that culture and it hasn't been dealt with, it's just exposed and we're seeing more of it being exposed. So that's what's happened. But you can't tackle this culture. The government, Ms Priti Patel, can't hold uh, the Metropolitan Police Service accountable because of the culture of Downing Street. Mm. So more widespread. How can Priti Patel say to the commissioner, this culture needs to change. And I'm horrified when we've had reports of what's been going on in Downing Street culture, failures of standards, leadership, you know, not holding them to themselves to the high standards. So those are the two issues that come out. And I think the narrative has to change from the Metropolitan Police Service as well, because they say we apologise, but this is not the value of the force. They have to accept that this is seems to be the value of a few officers or quite a few officers that we've seen over the last yeah. few years. And I mean, I take your point that, you know, the leadership comes from the top and all of that. But I mean, the Times today, I don't know if you've seen it on page five, has got some of the messages that have been put out there uh, on WhatsApp. And I think if any of that had been going on, that's that specific. I'm not even going to read the messages out because it's so horrible. Um, but basically, if, if that kind of culture was going on inside the Home Office, I don't think Pretty Patel would still be in a job. And I don't think that uh, anyone who was a senior civil servant who was sending those types of messages would still be in a job. So I kind of find, I find it incredible that, that Cresta Dick, despite everything that's gone on before, is still there. Well, she's been given another two-year extension. And, you know, you compare it with Boris Johnson. He's still in his in his job, despite everything that's happened. Yeah, but to be fair, Nusra, he hasn't written this kind of stuff. I mean, we haven't discovered... I mean, if Boris Johnson had sent these WhatsApp messages, he'd be gone. No, well, no, absolutely. And I think there's an issue here that says Crusader Dick is the head of the organisation and she should be held and her management team should be held responsible. But here's the thing, you can change the top player, but you know, the game doesn't yeah. change. So you can get rid of her, but the narrative, the strategy has to change. And that's my point. Yeah. And the people writing these types of messages have to be rooted out, surely to God, because you know, talking to young women that I know, they say they don't trust the police anymore. They don't think they don't feel that they can trust a male police officer in any situation. And that's a terrible place to be. It's a horrendous place to be, you know, and I've spoken to many Muslim women who say they will not report uh, crime to the Metropolitan Police Service because they don't trust it. So we're in a terrible, terrible position. and These people should be rooted out. But here's the thing, Mike, out of the 14 that were part of this WhatsApp group, there's nine mm. that are still remaining and allowed to be a part of the organisation. Mm. There's another 17 that, you know, didn't do anything. They didn't send the messages, but they are the silent majority that allowed the and enabled and endorsed this majority of people to be doing what they're doing. So there, I absolutely agree. How can you change a culture where you still have these people that have been mm. involved in this whole WhatsApp? So the whole thing is that we need to look at this culture, and I've said it again and again and again, and there's many recommendations and there's many reports, and we have the Baroness Casey um, inquiry that's still ongoing but you can't keep having inquiries you can't keep saying well we've got this inquiry we'll, we may recommend some of the recommendations you need to deal with this matter now mm. and that's to tackle this culture head on and actually have zero tolerance the Met does say we have zero tolerance yet you you see that these people are still allowed to mm. stay within the culture how is that zero tolerance so it comes back to my point of leadership tackling leadership better supervision and actually stop this institutional denial and start to deal with the culture and take it head on trust and confidence is at the lowest amongst women mm. it's at the lowest amongst minorities 
I was, um, you know, approached yesterday by a 17 year old uh, young girl who was interested in a career in policing. And I've got to say that for the first time, I had to step back and say, uh, I don't think that that might be a good career choice. Maybe you should think about something wow. else. Because how can you say to somebody, join mm. the organisation when the culture is such? But this has been going on for decades, Mike. And my point is, when will change actually come? Mm. All the white noises are made, but then we just don't see a difference. Right. No, there's clearly a massive problem. Nusrit, thank you very much indeed for talking to us. Nusrit Metab, of course, former Scotland Yard uh, superintendent. Uh, it's absolutely extraordinary uh, what is going on inside some police stations in this country. If you've had dealings with the police, of course, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I imagine you wouldn't have had the kind of dealings we're reading about in the Times this morning, but it really is quite disgraceful uh, that Cressida Dick is still in a job. I mean, if it wasn't for uh, what's going on in Downing Street that she's investigating, if it wasn't for all of the previous problems that the Metropolitan Police have had, if it wasn't for her terrible stewardship, uh, of the organisation, um, this surely would be enough to get rid of her, wouldn't it? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. This is Talk Radio. Quick talk, fast talk, street talk, talk radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Radio you can believe in. Mike Graham speaking common sense unto the nation on Talk Radio. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It is, of course, Prime Minister's Questions Day. It seems a bit like deja vu all over again, as they used to say, uh, because they were only in there the other day, weren't they? Ian Blackford apparently is going to be back after being suspended for a day. What a pity. I was hoping he would just stay away for a while, but he will be here. Lewis McLeod will be back as well here with us. He, of course, does a better Ian Blackford impression than Ian Blackford himself. I'll do the dog. Uh, he'll do Blackford. It'll be funny. Uh, that's coming up later on, of course. Boris Johnson, very much the subject of the day. He went to uh, Ukraine yesterday. Um, and apparently stopped the war from happening. That's if you believe his spin doctors. Of course he didn't stop the war from happening. As I said yesterday, he couldn't actually stop anybody having a party in his garden. Tonya Buxton's here with us this morning. Uh, she's going to give us what her view is of Boris's plan to help us live longer and be happier. My first thought was this morning when I saw that, Tonya, was uh, does that mean he's resigning? He can make us all happier <laughs> and live longer. But anyway, we'll see. We're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about all sorts of things. We're going to talk about the PPE disaster, the billions wasted, uh, not being recovered by the Treasury, and, of course, much else besides. 0344 499 1000. We've been talking about the terrible performance of the police as well, uh, not least in Charing Cross Police Station, where they seem to think it's funny to make some pretty off-coloured jokes with each other and make threats to various people. Uh, but there's also another scandal uh, which has been going on in Rochdale for a very long time which we're going to be talking about and that of course is the scandal of the grooming gangs there's another story out this morning about that Tony's going to be talking about that um, as well much more coming up as well of course this is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham this is Talk Radio The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio Tonya Buxton is here. We Good had a lovely morning. time yesterday afternoon we doing did. Plank of the Week, really uh, which was it. great. And uh, you will not be surprised to know who the Plank of the Week is, although it's quite an unusual choice. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on and why the world's of leaders seem to have gone a bit doolally over the whole COVID scenario. But let's kick off with this. Um, I mean, it's called the levelling up strategy. I'm not really buying the levelling up strategy. I'm, I'm not buying any of it. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just spin and speak. It's a waste of oxygen. I don't know who he's kidding when he's coming out with these things that he wants to do he wants to a 10-year plan to live longer and be happier in Britain I mean you know one of the main things that would make me happier and the people I know happier is to give our lives back to us yes I am so sick to death mm. of being governed by the state in yes. what was a democratic country mm. and the things that he's coming up with are just they, they're just lip service yeah. you know there's none of this is is real you know kind of educating kids well oh sorry sorry, sorry. did you know that we should educate our children yeah. did you know that when they come out of school they should be able to read and write mm. so like this is something new and they've made this ludicrous pledge haven't they we will pledge to uh, end illiteracy and innumeracy in its children leaving primary school by 2030 well, sorry, that's eight years from now. What are they doing? So that means there are people who are not even in primary school now uh, who uh, are hopefully going to be numerate and, and literate by the time they leave primary school. It's madness. I presume they've got a few innumerate people in the Treasury, by the way, I, who I, can't seem to add up I think uh, numbers. That, I think that's the case 
very much so. They spend money. We'll come back to the waste of money that they did later. But all of that money that they wasted, if that had gone into checking on schools, mm. making sure teaching's done correctly, making sure that children are learning and, and coming out of school as they should, with some tools, with numeracy skills, with literally literacy skills, so they can just kind of go forward and feel confident within themselves. How can it be in Britain today we have children that leave primary school without being able to read or do yeah. numbers? How, how is that so? It's and so, and it's like he's coming out with this grand gesture. Mm. Oh, it's something miraculous that he's going to do. Yeah, it's and you shame used to be that a we teacher. haven't done it. Because people don't always know this about you. You yes. were a teacher, weren't you? I was a what primary did, school what teacher. What did you find was the main cause of children? coming to you perhaps without any of the skills that other children had at the time at that age um, a lot of the time it did have to do with the home it mm. had to do with poverty and it had to do with parenting as yeah. well that that's for sure but I think what's happening now in schools is it's I, that I came across some amazing teachers teachers that have blown my mind with their dedication to mm. their job that that go beyond the cause that are incredible but I also came across some teachers just did not care right did not care and so therefore children were slipping through slipping through without being caught mm. and you know we do and need they a find bit more it help. sometimes easier don't they schools if they've got difficult children i mean i know just from my own personal experience um, at a school in sussex where my kids went was a primary school and it was a very good school but then it kind of expanded and it got an ofcom um uh, Ofsted won, mm -hmm. and then more people wanted to come, and so they had to make more classrooms. And the bigger it got, the worse it got. And the more that then people, um, I think it was the local council, placed disadvantaged children into the school. Uh, but the school didn't really help them. They kind of put them off in a room, gave them iPads, yeah, le that's right. left them to their own devices because they were too difficult. And or, nobody... or, they sh or they shift them out. Yeah. Or they shift them out as soon as the, the, the child... Because a lot of the time, schools are just interested in what their records show right. and what their achievements are. Yes. And a lot of the time, good schools get their achievements by, by moving yes. children out. And but... also, sometimes they get money, don't they, yeah. if they take on hard-to-educate kids. But they don't necessarily help them. They do it because they want the money. So the system seems to me to be in need of reform. Oh, the system really like needs everything. reform. It, like, like everything. But, you know, especially primary education. Because, you know, primary kids come in and they are... They're, they are unblemished in many ways. And so when I worked in Tottenham, I, I mean, I saw children that arrive at reception. Which is a pretty tough part of London was, for anyone was, that doesn't know. It was. It was, it was, quite, it was challenging, mm. but very, very rewarding. Yeah. When you made a difference to these kids, you made a difference. Right. It wasn't like being in, in one of the posher suburbs of, of London mm. where you felt that you were not really making yeah. a difference to that child. You made a difference here. Um, but I did see children come in at reception and leave at year six having just gone down a, a really sad slippery mm. slope because no one was really looking out for them no one was caring right. for them and they, they def we definitely need more people making sure that children don't suffer the neglect yeah. they're suffering it was neglect if you're neglected at home and someone's not checking that you wash and eat properly right. and sleep properly it's almost impossible to learn yeah so you know you've got to start at the roots and go up because we so, all know as you were talking about earlier about you know having a difficult time you know during the pandemic you know when times were tough for an awful lot of people mentally yeah. you're not really concentrating on anything no. if you're going to school as a child and you don't really know when you're going to be eating next or you don't really know whether when you get home you're going to be battered or anything. I mean, how can you but, go, go to school? But, but one of the basic things that there are half a million children in Britain today that don't have a bed to sleep in. Right. So And so these children are going to school and they're suffering from extreme tiredness. Mm. They're exhausted. They're sleeping on floorboards or sleeping yeah. three in a bed. Mm. I mean, basic things like that. So it's all very well, 10-year plan for longer lives and a happier Britain. Make sure that every child has a bed. Yeah. And don't give the parents money to buy the bed. Right. Deliver the bed. Right. You know, unfortunately, that's what you have to do in these yes. cases. Look after the kids first. And I'll say what's interesting, um, and there's a graphic in this article in the Times about Boris's plan. Um, healthy life expectancy by region. South East, 65.3 for males, 65.9 for females. That's the top yeah. level, right? Goes down to the northeast to 59.4. If that's the average life expectancy, and I know this is a left field question, I know um, it's coming. I know it's coming. Yep. People who died from COVID, average age eighty-two. Yeah. That's a lot older than the average life expectancy. And, and I'm there not making the you point, go. I'm not and making there the point. You go. And I'm not saying that that's not an important thing, and not people lost loved ones who were older. But you know, 
But there you go. There's a bit of a, a bit of a sort of confusing statistic there, isn't it? it? There is a confusing statistic there, and it adds to the fear propaganda that we have all been suffering for the past two years. Even mm. again today, I'm coming in on the tube, and I'm, as, I'm sure they wait for me to walk into the tube station and start blaring. You must wear a face covering. I mean, all places on the right. no. And I literally look look for the cameras. Where are you? No, <laughs> yeah, no, you start no. Shouting. You do, I do like you? a madwoman. I'm the same. Yeah, you know, saying no, I'm not going to wear it. And the reason I'm not going to wear it is it, these are polluting the world mm. they they are do nothing against a virus and yep. it's not law so Shajid can just take his rules mm. and put them where the sun and also trying. now of course uh, they're not saying they do any good they're admitting that they, they don't, don't do, do any good yeah. but they're saying that you should wear them because they might help uh, people help who are what? vulnerable How? and they might help people uh, to see that you're, you you care about other people that's it my actions in life will show whether I care yes. or not. Putting, strapping something to my face is not going to do that at all. No. Anyway, back to Boris here. Yeah. One of the things that he's done, and I do agree with this, and I have been saying this for a very, very long time, is that we have a real child obesity pandemic in mm. Britain. It's it's really bad. Uh, so, uh, 50% of children are leaving uh, primary school obese. Yeah. Or, uh, at least overweight and and a lot of it is because they don't know how to eat properly mm. so what they're saying now is that they're going to teach uh, children how to cook properly so they can come out of school having learnt at least six healthy recipes this is fantastic news it really is amazing news uh, but it's such a massive load of backpedalling because I know from my son's schools that then they're, they're now changing and they have been in the past few years but there was a long time where it was sweet machines, chocolate machines, yeah. fizzy drinks machines, toxic poison in schools for children yeah. to consume. They still haven't got rid of that either because I, I know from, from my, again, my own kids' experience, you know, you can still go into the school canteen and despite what they say about, well, you must eat healthily, they're giving them pizzas, burgers, you yeah. know, uh, pasties, sausage rolls. I mean, listen, I'm not against any of that, but I mean, at least practice what you preach. But I, also, I, still, they sell those, you know, those really super thick milkshake in, yes. a, in a can or milkshake in a, in a, in a container chocolate milkshake they are so so I mean, calorific on. and yeah. bad for you and they're actually full of vegetable fat which is so so toxic i mean if there's some one thing that you stop putting in your body for if you want to be well is vegetable fat do not touch any type of vegetable or vegetable fat it's so so bad for you and yet these children are being force-fed or food it's not that they're force-fed it but it's you know what it's like when you're a kid mm. why should you have to have the willpower when you're a child adults around you should be making yes make, so you can only make good choices right. it's all very well saying you're oh, not yes. meant to have any willpower with child exactly eh? but it's all very well saying we've got a salad bar here mm. we've got a salad bar but look but if you've got all that very smelly kind of carbohydrate mm. fried bad for you How, what child is going to choose salad i right. mean what child is going to do that yeah. so it's not fair to have that so if they if he really wants to help child obesity he really needs to look at what's available to kids and there's no one checking that no. there is no one checking there is no officer there's no office in charge we've got a leveling up office that gove's going to do but but when it comes to our children there's no one checking that right. they're being fed well and of course the worrying thing about the leveling up uh, program is that every time you ask anyone what it is they can't tell you no. nobody knows it's a bit like the question when you say to people what's net zero no no uh, it's safe to, it's, it's something that we have to do oh, it's, go, it's going to cost us a trillion yeah isn't it? but we have yeah. to do it well why do we have to do it uh, well we just have to they can't tell you what it actually is or what it will achieve the same with uh, with levelling up what does it mean I mean if you live in Workington uh, we had the Julia had the Workington MP on this morning and of course she said well it all sounds lovely great lovely fantastic what is it what are you actually going to do he went, oh, well, I haven't actually read the full report. Well, of course you haven't, because <laughs> you're an MP. You don't need to know the details. Just yeah. talk as if you know what you're talking about. That's and frightening, Make it, it sound good. It's rubbish, isn't it? It's... And let, Which brings us on to our other point about mm. the world leaders and the um, Emmanuel Macrons of this world. And... I don't understand what's happened to the to the free world. Mm. It's, it's like their leaders have gone mad. It's almost like they were in some big club mm. and they were waiting for something like COVID to come in to just become despots. Yes. I mean, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, yeah. France. Even parts of America. They've slipped very parts, comfortably into it, haven't they? Yeah, just being, just obeying and being these kind of minions of, uh, of rules that make absolutely no sense and mm. do a lot of harm. Yeah. Unlike Denmark. What Dem what's Denmark done today? What have they, they done? They have, they have taken all COVID restrictions off. Right. There are no COVID restrictions in Denmark now, none at all. Yeah. And even though cases are rising, because they're sensible, intelligent people, which I thought we were here yeah. in Britain, they're sensible, intelligent people, they can see that cases are rising because 
COVID has become mm. Omicron. Omicron is a cold. So it's it's very, very contagious, yeah. but it's, it doesn't mean there's backlogs in hospitals. And we need, they've moved, they're moving on. Yeah. They have no restrictions, nothing. Because you need to nothing. move on. Because the whole point about Omicron was that it changed everything. Yeah. And that anybody sensible now says that. You know, even some of the most recalcitrant types who were going on about locking us down over yeah. Christmas. Because remember they were saying, when, they, when we went... Actually, there's nobody being admitted to hospital because it's a very much more weak version of the of the virus. Then they started saying, yeah, well, yeah, but an awful lot of people will get it. So that will mean more people will go into hospital. That turned out not, not to be case. true. It's it just didn't not, happen. It's a cold. Yeah. So why can't we all be more like Denmark? Yeah. And I mean, the only people that have any sense in Great Britain at the moment is the, the English. Mm. I mean, what's happening? I mean, it seems like the people that we thought were the freest, most uh, joy-loving people, the Aussies, yeah. the New Zealanders, right. you know, kind of joyful people. I'm not sure and you I can think say of, that about the Canadians. Uh, yeah, I, I you know, get that out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Canada. <laughs> but, you know, like when you think of the Irish and the Scottish yeah. and the Welsh, you know, like fun-loving, tough mm. warrior people. Right. And these are the people that have all kowtowed to these despots they haven't stood up they haven't fought for their rights and yeah. the canadian truckers are now so they i stand are. with the canadian yes. truckers well done and to that them. is remarkable isn't it what's going on there and we talked about justin without giving too much away about plank of the week we did talk about justin trudeau yesterday yeah. and the fact that he went into hiding hide and seek champion justin. of the world justin trudeau unbelievable but it is incredible and also jacinda ardern unbelievable what she's doing um, and in Australia now, still, uh, there's a quite a bit of resistance. Because I think we should also note that because yes. not a lot of people like to do it because, you know, Sky News and They the BBC, don't put any of the resistance They don't like up. to put any of that out there because, you know, it's a bit uncomfortable. There are demonstrations in all these countries mm. and they, we should be able to be able to see them in our mainstream media, not just for you and I, mm. the place of common sense. It should be everywhere. Yes. But one of the other points I wanted to make before we move off is yeah. that... Um, the Together Declaration, please go to togetherdeclaration.org to sign that, have worked really hard. And we think that we've got rid of the NHS mandates. Mm. But, you know, Sajid, he is, he's a slimy little he's a tricky slug one. of a man, isn't yeah. he? Because he is now backpedalling. Mm. And he's basically saying that you don't have to have uh, a vaccination now. Right. But if you want to change jobs within the NHS, then you, will, you can't apply for a job mm. without being vaccinated. Now... All of this trouble that we've gone to, Dr. Stephen James, that fantastic yes. doctor who stood up against him calmly, beautifully. Yeah. What a hero of a man, yeah. honestly. Um, all of that is is he's backpedaling. So it's not going to happen. We need to make sure we keep he's on like, it. That's why we like, need to make so sure. It's like he's on a unicycle, like one of those guys that goes backwards and forwards. You know, yeah. you see him in Covent Garden, they're sort of riding around, but they go forward, they go back forward a bit over there but it's very dangerous if it's you like work a trick with, cyclist but if you work within the nhs and you want to kind of in, uh, carry on with your career and mm. you want to apply in, into another hospital into another section then you can't do it yeah so he's lying again mm. you know we it is time now omicron is a, a cold it, it does kill um some people unfortunately like all illnesses mm. kill some people like you know i could you know walk out into the street and get run over i could get some terrible people cancer die tomorrow. all the time people die all the time we we have to step away from this fear-mongering of COVID because that's what's controlling us. Yeah. And, but And all of the things to do with mandates and vaccines need to stop. Mm. If you as, want to take a vaccine for your own personal health, then you should do it. It should be your decision. Yeah. I don't expect you to do it for me. Please don't expect my child to no, do it for absolutely you. absolutely not. When, I, when there is absolutely no risk to children, mm. and yet there is a, a cases, and they're coming out more and more now, that they're likely to cause harms. Mm. So it's really, really important that we... Stop everything now. I think there should be a big pause yes. of everything now. We've had time to to have a look at things and to take a breath and to see what's going on and, and then move forward yeah. and then see whether we should well, continue. Now is the time to stop it I've all. I've noticed they haven't said get your booster quite so much lately. I haven't, haven't heard it for a while. They're still rolling into children. They're still yeah, going yeah. into schools oh, no, and doing things. And, 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 you know, when I asked, I asked a doctor recently um, who is, is very for the vaccines. And I said, but could you explain to me why you need to vaccinate uh, children, mm. like, like teenagers? Mm. What's the point? And he said, well, it's, it's to, to make sure that they don't get off school. I said, well, they don't get they off school They didn't care about anyway. that last year. Yeah, no, now, yeah, exactly. I said, I don't care off school. It's for their mental health. I said, but, but explain to me why it's for their mental yeah. health. And they can't explain anything. I said, well, you know, you do it for others. I said, never in history, in the whole of humanity, yeah. has somebody... I've never taken a paracetamol, mm. so you don't get a headache. No. Because we know this medication, <laughs> which is absolutely fine, um, doesn't stop me from yeah. transmitting or getting it. No. So just you do it for you. You do you yes. and leave me do me. Exactly. It's a very good message, that. I think. Well, <laughs> I don't think I could repeat it because I'd probably mess it up. But Tony Buxton is here. We're going to come back and talk about cookery. Cookery? Cookery. 
school uh, for children because I think we need a bit of that as well. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Get a grip. Raw talk. Pure energy. More taste. More flavour. More outspoken than ever. Clear-headed. Honest opinion. Lively debate. Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Lots going on today, of course. Prime Minister's questions coming up. Peter Cardwell will be here for that. We're also going to talk about electric cars because guess what? Everything I said about them is true. They're not very green. Don't get one. It won't make you any better as a virtue signalling green person because apparently they're very, very polluting. So we'll get into that in a second. Tony Buxton is here, however. Um, let's talk about food because yes. another one of your favourite subjects. It is my favourite subject. Suggestions that kids should be taught how to cook. Well, yeah, shouldn't they? I mean, this is what's so incredible. I know that from my own children that they had n- very minimal cookery lessons at school, are often taught by people who didn't know how to cook themselves mm. and, and with no innovativeness to the way that they were cooking right. at all. So I think it's a really wonderful thing that children are going to learn to... Le- it says they need to learn six basic recipes, which I think is a really good idea. Yeah. Um, because... Look at this, child obesity worsened significantly during lockdown. Really? Really. Oh, my God. I mean, so you lock a child in, you don't let them go mm. out to play, you seal up all the playgrounds, yeah. you, you tell them they're allowed out one, right. once uh, a day. And they can't day. see any of their friends. They can't see any of their friends, they can't run around, no. Okay, and all they can do is stay home, and, you you're, and you're surprised. You certainly can't play any uh, collective sport, because nothing. you might kill somebody. No. I mean, we... I want a spotlight put on these things, Mike. I want us now to have a look at what we have done. And it, we, we need to just speak about it. Mm. You know, it, it's no good just brushing it up under the covers and no. yeah, it was a mistake and off we go. Yeah. We need to really put a magnifying glass on every single mistake we made yeah. that was made to, done mm. to us and make sure it never happens before. And, you know, if the government had been serious about this during lockdown, which I never agreed with. You know from the beginning, it never made any sense to me at all. You lock up the vulnerable and you keep them isolated and we put all the money that you spent on furlough, all Mm. that wasted money that went everywhere, we could have spent on really taking care of the vulnerable Mm. and making sure that they were safe. Yes. And do you remember the logic of not doing that? The logic of not doing that was, well, you can't lock people up. They have to go out to go to the shop. So you have to make sure that you don't. And you kind of go, sorry. How did that make sense? How did that make any sense? And how did we how did we put up with it? How did we, as as free-living humans, put up with it? Well, all you've got to do is walk outside and look at all the people walking around still wearing masks, and there's your answer, because they're all still wearing them. But, Mike, you know, there has they two years, 400 million spent on nudge and fear and propaganda, and most people believe what that what they hear on places like the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, the main the main kind of yeah. TV stations were bought into that. Mm. And I don't know why they did that. What what happened to journalism? What happened to truth yeah. during that period? It's st- I'm still waiting to see about it. Mm. But back to kids cooking. I mean, if he was really serious about that, he would have had cookery lessons on. I would have happily gone and d- done free, uh, Zoom cookery lessons for all the kids through throughout the two years. Learn some basic recipes, learn to cook because unfortunately these children have been brought up on processed food Mm. because a lot of their parents don't know how to cook so they've never had freshly cooked food you have to retrain your palate to a certain extent because if from a very young age all you've had is copious amounts of sugar and salt and processed and msgs and all these things that go into the food it's going to take a moment to retrain your palate Mm. to go back to trying tasty things it it is a it's a long road yes we should have never been but it's a very very valuable road isn't it because it's very, it's very so good. Valuable. It's creative. You get yep. to spend time with your own children. Yep. You can teach them yourself. You know uh, about all the various things that you know, and it's great. It's great to spend time with them. Well, I mean, when I did cookery lessons at school, um, it was it was a maths lesson. It was a science lesson. It was chemistry. Yeah. It was everything thrown in, and mm. a lot of time was given to it. And we felt really good at yeah. the end of the day when we produced something. Right. And so it's so important. But it's just been swept under the table. And the reason it's been swept under the table is because schools are too busy wanting to get their numbers up on yeah. certain things. Right. And again, you've just got to pause everything. Look at the child. Yes. Focus on the child. What does the child need yeah. to have a successful, happy life, as Boris says? Why couldn't you know? they, why, here's an idea. Why couldn't they sort of uh, put together the idea of healthy eating for children in school and the children actually cooking the food that they eat? Why couldn't they do that? Absolutely. And also, Bring them into the kitchen, right? And, and, and say, right, what's the menu today? Or oh, we're going to make, I yeah. don't know, lasagna today yeah. or something. Uh, okay, well, let's make a load of lasagna and then give it to the kids for lunch. And what I want to, it to be done is purely for the children. I don't want it sponsored by any 
big bad no. food because that's what happens right. you know some parents who really don't know and I do feel sorry for people because they've had so much misinformation they pick up something and it says healthy eating think, oh it says healthy yes. eating here so I'll get this. You can say that. Or yeah. it's got no, it's, oh, no added sugar. No added Great. sugar. Oh, yeah. this will be good for my child and right. take it home. But because they don't understand, they've had so much misinformation, they don't understand that there might not be uh, sugar in there, but there's so many well, sugar-inducing no, ingredients in there. But also no added sugar just means they haven't put any extra in. It yeah. doesn't mean they haven't got any in. No, but also they, they use things like rice syrups and, and mm. other sugars, which can be more harmful. Yes. You know, the, you know, glucose fructose mm. and, and all yeah, of this yeah. stuff that's stuffed full of food and a lot of the big food manufacturers sponsor the good eating in schools and so they're giving a misinformation yeah. i don't want any food sponsors on this yeah we have to pay to make sure that our children are healthy the mm. government should be paying for and that. it's health and it's also healthier and more beneficial probably financially than paying off all these catering Absolutely. companies who come into the schools with all their rubbish it, it really is i mean my our dinner ladies were brilliant. They mm. used to cook our food, yeah. and that's how it should be. I don't, uh, when it when it shifted from just getting food, fast food, brought in, stuck into an oven and served, mm. it actually takes away um, from the the job of the person that's the dinner lady. Yeah. You, you cease to care anymore right. because all you're doing is heating up food. Exactly. Why would you care? Yeah, exactly right. We're out of time, unfortunately. But oh. listen, uh, plank of the weeks out later on. Uh, punch up of the weeks out as well. Uh, sometime soon. Tonya's in both of those. Um, they're very good. So get them very soon. We'll see you next week. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.